Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Thank you for coming along with us as we journey uh, these next couple of hours across the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Hey, it's a great day in the USA, all because of people like you. I am C.L. And our job, uh, our duty here is to build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily, uh, 12 noon and the 1205 uh, in the east until 2 p.m. in the east as well. Thank you for making the show as popular as it has become. Have a blockbuster of a show uh, here today. It's going to be great. I have uh, Sarah Anderson, uh, my colleague at FreedomWorks, Director of Policy, coming on uh, with me. And we're going to talk about how Biden is uh, with these. He's on steroids with these executive orders. There's no doubt about it. And we're also going to talk about school choice with Sarah as well. Mike Woods, oil man extraordinaire, will be on with me. Uh, Businessman, my good friend here in Louisiana, both he and I have interest in um, oil and gas here and uh looks like gas prices are going up which is good which is good news <laughs> for people who are interested in oil and gas <laughs> but it's not going to be good news for you at all and then closing out the show uh at the 1205 hour uh in the east uh, in 1205 central rather 1205 central uh closing out the second hour will be a young man that uh, I have been introduced to. His name is Claston Bernard. Now, Jeff Landry, who is attorney general here in Louisiana, you know he's a very good friend of mine. I hope Jeff and Jeff is. Jeff's going to run for governor. And uh, I'm going to help him uh, run for governor. Yes, I'm going to be living in Florida. There's no question about that. But I will be helping my good friend, Jeff Landry, uh, run for governor. In fact, I'm going to keep my Louisiana residency just for that purpose. And so Claston Bernard is someone who Jeff Landry thinks very highly of. He happens to be a black uh, GOP candidate uh, for district uh, con- congressional district two out of the great state of Louisiana and uh, which was recently vacated by Cedric Richmond. And so uh, we are uh, going to bring it today. It's, it's just going to be brought. And before we get to either one of the guests, Sarah will be first up. Uh, I, I want to ask you, I just want to ask you a question. Do you currently have a job? Okay, maybe you've been on it for a while. Okay, been on it for a while. Well, you may not have that job much longer. Oh, no, 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 no. Especially if people like uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren and, of, of course, the, the idiot that they gave the uh, 
and I, I have never, sp- I will never speak that way about uh, the president of the United States, but I'm talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, he's signing whatever they put in front of him. Are, are you hearing me? This man is, he, he, he huddles over whatever it is and he scrawls his name across whatever they put in front of him. That's what Joe Biden does. He scrawls his name across anything they put in front of him. And and, and this is, you may not have a job long, I'm telling you. Because first of all, uh, quite, quite frankly, no one's going to be able to afford to pay every employee $15 an hour for a dollar menu hamburger flipper. I can't pay the guy on the grill $15 an hour to flip a burger that you're going to sell me for $2.50. You go slap out of business. <laughs> There's just no way. In fact, uh, he and the burger will eat you up. There's nothing left after you pay him and after you lose money on the burger. So if you have a job, you may not have it long if the Democrats have their way. And you may not have it long, my fellow Americans. Fellow citizens, hear me today. Hear me, hear me, hear ye, hear ye. Holding court right now. Uh, if, in fact, private equity firms are taxed and regulated out of existence. Let me tell you what a private equity firm is. A private equity firms, and and, and I've done a lot of this. I, I still do. I still do a lot of it with you know some people that I'm I do business with and so forth. Uh, we we direct a private equity firm. Uh, they will direct directly into a business. They'll see a business. They'll, you know, just give you an elementary dis- description of it. They'll see a business that might be floundering or one that may, may be solid, whatever, but could do better if it had an infusion of cash. And, and, and you invest that into that into that business. But now you're set up as as a firm, right? And yes, there's monies that are, are, are available for you to invest that are given by all types of sources, all right? And so together you invest in that and you get percentages off whatever return there is on that. And you might have that invested, you know, thrown around around the country, you know? But now in comes uh, Elizabeth Warren. And she wants to overregulate tax those businesses. Now, how does that affect you? How will that put millions of people out of work? You see, let's just say that you're working for uh, a McDonald's franchise 
that's independently owned, but it is a McDonald's franchise, but it is independently owned. Okay, I happen to know, uh, you know, the owner of several McDonald's right here in Shreveport. Uh, In fact, he's a black entrepreneur. Yeah, been on the show with me a couple of years back. And this is what this is how he's able to. uh, Well, he doesn't need it now, but this is how he was able to get where he is. And this is how a lot of businesses get where they get that you work for. Private money is invested into a privately owned business. Private money, uh, money of yours, mine, we pooled it together and we invested it into a privately owned business. That's called private equity that that business and that business owner is paying its employees with. The money that we help them stay afloat and do better and, you know, get a bigger, better, deep fry, whatever. When you uh, put people that do that at a disadvantage, countless millions of people are hurt because you never see how that money works in that business it may be paying willie's salary but all of a sudden that money's gone guess who's also gone willie especially if you got to now pay willie 15 dollars an hour to flip a $2.50 hamburger. You losing money all the way around. You, in fact, friend, no, you're not just bleeding the money. You are hemorrhaging, friend. And that's what is coming down the pike for business in America. Oh, it scared me. Uh, you know, a few months back, uh, a friend of mine in uh, in Florida that I'd made in Florida, I uh, was saying to her that you know I'm really really concerned about how this election comes out because it will affect. I mean, the people that can go into office and be put into place uh, to do crazy stuff to hinder the flow of business. Then, you know, one of one of the things I like to do is find people and put things together and we see an apartment building or or something like that. And, you know, and you go for it, you know, and, and you, but, you know, you didn't put in a whole bunch of money, but you reap the benefits if, in fact, it hits, you know, and of course, a whole bunch of money means it's relative to, you know, who you are, what you do and so forth. And when you like Elizabeth Warren wants to do, she wants to tax and regulate private equity firms. I'm asking you, do you have a job? Because these people are about to do exactly, exactly what we thought they would do. There's one thing I will say about them, and I always admire people who keep their word. They 
are for real about that socialist stuff. This country in less than five years, if we stay on this present course, this country in less than five years can be knock, knock, knocking on the door of no toilet paper on the shelves. Beef prices are already sky high. Now, you couple that with the price of shipping beef on uh, uh, in, in cattle trucks, a train, that now the fuel cost, the gasoline cost to ship them is more. Beef is already high. Now, if pork goes to the price that beef is right now, you are seeing absolute violence in the street and people stealing loaves of bread. Biden is with the stroke of his stupid pen. Oh, hey, uh, if they want to fight that fight, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to fight that. I've never, I've never, I wish I had, but I haven't yet. I don't intend to. Sometimes I wish I had because you get the daylights beaten out of you sometimes when you don't. But I've never backed down from a fight. And so if they want to come and fight this fight, then I'm really at ready and able to fight this fight as long as God gives me strength to do it. What do you expect people to stand by and see you gouge out their lives? Why did we stand against this fraudulent election so hard because of what they're wanting to do to us? Don't you get it? Can't you see? This is just, listen, I don't do this for my health. I don't get here and put myself in the line of, uh, of criticism and all of that for my health. I do this because it is the clarion call of my calling to stand as a watchman on the wall and tell you what is coming, what I see coming. Yeah, they're coming. And the oddest thing about it, as far as the enemy is concerned... Huh? The artist thing about it. When I'm looking at the enemy, they look a lot like us. They, they, I see us as our own worst enemy, Americans, our own worst enemies. And let me tell you something, folks. You can be that too, yourself. You, you know, you you can have in your hands, in your possession, in your corner. Yeah, that goose that lays the golden eggs. 
for you. And you want to kill that? Goose? Are you kidding me? Uh, why? Because one of the eggs uh, was scratched? Are you kidding me? Th- there may be a lot of things wrong with hedge funds. There might be a lot of things wrong with private equity. But the one thing that's right about it is that there are m- literally thousands upon thousands of businesses, maybe millions, but I know thousands upon thousands of businesses who are able to keep their employees hired because private money, private equity money is infused into the business. That's that's what happens even with radio shows. Mine, mine went, uh, for years, I had all kinds of um, investors in the C.L. Bryant show, you know, people who were in business who wanted to help a business do business. And, you know, that's how, that's the American way. E pluribus unum. You get it? Yeah, it's it's not a socialist idea. It deals with business. Everything about this country deals with business. And 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 yeah, you you you. That's what it's about. The, the your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. Now, what's going to make you happy? Or well, certainly not being broke, busted, and disgusted. What they had in mind when they were talking about pursuing life, liberty, and y- your happiness, they were talking about making money. Because. Uh, anybody who's been broke it's been a long time long time since I've been broke I mean I mean, I can go all the way back in my 20s since I can say I was broke but, but, uh, but hey anybody who's been broke can tell you that uh, anybody that tells you that uh, money doesn't mean anything or money they haven't been broke they, have, they haven't been without it oh it's only money no no you've never been you, you've forgotten what it's like to be without it I remember what it's like to be without it and I vowed to myself I'd never if God gives me strength to prosper be broke again that's a desolate place. But if you have a job, Americans, you better hold on to it. You might be broke soon. And they're out to break you. Oh, friend. Friend. You better hear me. They're out to break you. Sarah Anson coming up after these words. Don't you go anywhere. I'm CL. Be right back. <laughs> Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. 
Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Yes, I said it. Still the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Still the greatest success story the world has ever known. Talking about America. She's something to see. I'm telling you, she is for you and me, baby. And come along with me here as we build the bridge to conversation daily on the C.L. Bryant Show, the largest talk platform in the nation we are on. That is Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. And if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there you will see the giant Red State Talk billboard. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on the big screen. Oh, C.L.'s face looks right back at you at the reawakening Times Square, although beware, be careful of your journey into the square these days. On with me is someone who does indeed sound the alarm and keeps us sharp as far as our policy making decisions are concerned for one of the largest grassroots organization in the nation, if not the largest grassroots organization, FreedomWorks. Go to FreedomWorks.org and become a part of the movement to help us mobilize, build, and educate the largest grassroots movement in the country. The director of policy for it, my good friend, my colleague, Sarah Anderson. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. How are you doing, friend? Hey, C.L., great to hear your voice always. So glad to be here. Glad to be uh, have you with me, uh, Sarah. Let me, let me, let's get, jump right into this conversation. There's two things I want to talk to you about, two things I want you to uh, uh, share with the audience. Number one, uh, when we see the flurry of whatever they put in front of Joe being signed, does Joe have, have a clue what he's signing? Does he understand the damage that he's doing? Is this by design? What type of policy are they putting forth in front of the American people? How detrimental to us is it? Talk to us, Sarah Anderson. I mean, so what they've done, um, obviously the Biden administration came in swinging with no, uh, holding no punches really on issuing executive orders that reimposed the regulatory burden that President Trump spent four years splashing. Um, they released sort of an outline of the different themed days they're going to be working on that's throughout last week and this week, uh, really just reimposing a lot of the burdensome government mandates that we've seen on the economy, using COVID as an excuse to expand massive government programs, and really, again, like I said, reversing a lot of the awesome work that the Trump administration had done to unleash a prosperous economy. Um, so each day this week, Freedom Works has been pushing back against the work that they're doing. Today um, is their themed day on climate. Um, yesterday was the one on equity. You had a great statement from FreedomWorks. On, you can find it on FreedomWorks.org about uh, the Biden administration's agenda there and their hypocrisy with the 94 crime bill. 
previous to that, their Buy America agenda that really just makes uh, taxpayers spend more dollars on things that we don't have the funds to do that for. Um, and going forward tomorrow, we have to look forward to, I guess, um, expansion of government intrusion in healthcare. So that's what they're doing tomorrow. Um, and from there on out, immigration, a whole host of other things that are just really going to wreak havoc on our economy that's already struggling to come back from COVID. And uh, we are in the midst of coming back from COVID. Sarah, are you seeing jobs being lost? Is this going to happen due to this Joe Biden policy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've already seen it with the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, which was part of their climate agenda. Um, Of course, there's tons of jobs that are created by that, not that those types of government-sponsored union jobs are the ones that we prefer to see. But Joe seems to have no regard for those people either, the blue-collar types of people that they're working to stand up for um, or supposedly doing that. Of course, you know, he said to those people, well, you guys can just go get a new job. Um, and that's really not the, the mentality that we need from a leader of our country. Obviously, for four years, we saw President Trump looking out for the small man. Um, and now it seems that as the Democratic establishment is back in office. It's business as usual, um, just using people to get votes where they can and ignoring them otherwise. Friends, you are becoming the puppets of big government. Freedom Works is dedicated to fighting that every step of the way. And one of the reasons why we want to uh, stand uh, and want you to stand with us on this next topic is because it directly invades your right to your child. Sarah, when we talk about school choice, uh, give us uh, your rundown and give us Freedom Works uh, take on why we should support it. Yeah, I mean, this has been one of the most mind-boggling things this week. As soon as um, one of our Hill allies um, over in Representative Scalise's office sent us over this agenda that the Biden administration was going to be working on from January 24th to January 29th, um, I'm reading things such as, you know, again, climate, equity, immigration, health care. Missing from there, of course, is anything on education. Um, this week is National School Choice Week. FreedomWorks has launched a whole campaign around this. But, of course, that's just the beginning of this year, our work on educational choice and um, really opportunities for kids to seek the education that works for them, for families to look to places other than the public school system if the public school system doesn't work for them. See, y'all, I went to public school my entire life. I was blessed to live um, in an area that had wonderful elementary school, middle school, high school, and I went to a public college as well. Um, but the truth is we're, we live in a massive country, and, of course, public schools cannot nor should they be expected to work for every single American. Um, and the Democratic efforts to just quash any type of education outside of public schooling is really such a disservice to students who have such unique needs. Every student is different, and that should be celebrated, not stifled. So National School Choice Week and our efforts is really about expanding opportunities for kids to learn in the way that works best for them, whether it be in public school, in a private school, especially a home school these days that a lot of parents' jobs are remote. And if their kid is doing virtual learning anyway, they might as well, um, you know, be able to take those dollars that would be spent on them in the public school system and be able to seek an in-school, an in-home uh, educational opportunity for their students. Does- so again, it's not about attacking the public school system. It's about supporting kids. Does this, Sarah, uh, help then even uh, families uh, more so in the inner city with the ability to choose the school that they would want 
their child to go to? How would that work? You know, really, uh, the the mechanism here is the idea that dollars spent on education should follow students instead of systems. Um, there seems to be a lot of confusion about the way our education system is funded. Um, in reality, most of the money funnels through states, and the simple concept here is, hey, if this if you choose not to enroll your student in public school, whether you're in an inner city or in a rural area, those dollars should be given back to the families to seek an education that works for them. So yes, it's in inner cities, it's in rural areas, it's really anywhere that students realize that an education outside of the public school system is what they need. Um, and it should be pretty straightforward, right, to take these dollars and instead of spending them on public schooling, give them to families. So that's really just what we're after. Um, and yeah, it absolutely does apply to inner cities as well. What uh, what role, if any, do the teachers' union have in uh, this type of legislation and policy? Um, yeah, so this is where we run into the the biggest problem: is these teachers' unions that advocate on behalf of teachers instead of students. And obviously, there are a number of wonderful, wonderful teachers in the public school system. And this is not about harping on them or harping on the work that they do. In fact, most of them want the students to get the best education that they can. Um, but the teachers' unions, of course, it's in their best interest. And they um, you know, effectively have so much control over the education system that it's nearly impossible to be a public school teacher and not be part of the public school teachers' union. Um, and even in some cases, I know in Virginia, where I live, um, there's efforts of the teachers' union to quash voices of teachers who think that students should return to learning in person. Um, and that type of, you know, blatant misrepresentation of what teachers even want for their students is what's so wrong. So you see uh, systems prioritizing uh, teachers and administration officials over the value of student education, which is what's so tragic. Sarah Anderson is my special guest here today. And Sarah, I want you to sort of sum this up for us as policy director for FreedomWorks, freedomworks.org. Go there, become a part of the movement uh, sum this up uh, for us and tell us uh, in your uh, view of what you would see as a system that would be feasible and would work in our educational uh, system here in America. What would be a, a feasible, a workable educational picture that you would paint for Americans if you were able to paint it? Yeah. Well, I'm really excited because I think it's starting to form across the country. Legislators in at least 14 states, I think the last time I checked, have introduced legislation in their states, which is really where this issue should begin and end. Um, according to the Constitution, you know, there should be no role for the federal government in education. And so legislators at the state level are taking, taking initiative to introduce bills to create mostly what are called education savings accounts or um, scholarship tax credit programs that allow dollars to follow students. So again, simply what that means, um, everywhere from states like New Hampshire, Iowa, Missouri, I know Virginia, there's a wonderful delegate. We just released a live stream from Virginia Delegate Weber who introduced a bill to do this. Again, just to take the exact dollar amount that would be spent on a student in the public school system if they choose not to enroll in public school to give those dollars to families. It's really quite straightforward. Um, it's going to take a big effort to overcome the teachers' unions who obviously oppose this type of effort, but that would be the, the most workable system. Of course, you're not taking 
um, resources away from public schools because if the students aren't using those resources, they should be able to follow them elsewhere. So we're going to be working in a number of different states throughout the country this year to advance legislation like that. Um, and hopefully give students an opportunity to seek the education that works for them. Great mind that you have, Sarah. You know I admire it. And all of you who go to FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org, you will find other great minds that the Lord has blessed us with there in that organization. Become a part of the movement. Become a part of the movement. Uh, Six million strong. Become a part of us. Find out why. We are making an impact. Sarah, continue to do the work that you do. God bless you and keep you is my prayer for you. Fight the good fight. I know that you will. Absolutely. Because you are. And I'll talk to you soon, friend. Yes, talk to you soon, CL. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. And that, my friends, was Sarah, Sarah Anderson. And uh, she, of course, is policy director for the uh, largest grassroots uh, organization uh, in the nation, a company I'm associated with for the last 11 years and have been a part of their family for the last 11 years. FreedomWorks. Go to FreedomWorks.org. Find out why we uh, have six million strong uh, throughout uh, the nation. My job um, has basically always been to um, crisscross the nation and uh, mobilize and educate and build and help build, uh, motivate the largest grassroots effort still seen, even in the midst of pandemic shutdowns, what have you. We're still we're still standing. And it's because of uh, people like Sarah and, of course, our president, Adam Brandon and everyone else who is uh, along coming along with us in uh, this effort. It's because of you that we're able to do it. Coming up here in just uh, a little bit will be um, my good friend, Mike Woods. Uh, oil man extraordinaire businessman and uh certainly a louisiana man yeah louisiana is in our bloods in fact he's my homeboy and um he has a master's in environmental science and i want to talk to him about all this uh, stuff because you know he he um you may not realize it but um your your gas prices are about to. I, I just ask you, did you have a? You know, were you working? Well, you may not be long if um, private equity companies are hounded out of existence. And if Joe Biden has his way, what are you paying now for gas here in Louisiana? I dollar ninety nine the other day. When I filled up. I had um, washed the beast and. Uh, that's what I call my the, the Tahoe, um, and I filled it up dollar ninety nine here in Louisiana, here in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I'm from. Now I don't know what I can't remember what it was in Florida. It wasn't much, much more than that in Florida, but uh, I think it was on a half tank. Uh, what twenty five bucks or something like that? I don't know what it was. It wasn't much, and so that's going to turn into fifty. Yeah. And whatever you're paying for gas uh, here in just a few months. Oh, yeah. Well, you ask for it and you know that elections have consequences, right? Well, my friends, here you go. Here's your sign. (laughs) Elections have consequences. Here's your sign. Now. 
<laughs> do are we on a path of no return? I don't believe that. No, I don't. I don't do not. I do not believe that. But I do believe that we are in the road and standing in the the thoroughfare of uh, pain. Oh, yeah, and there's going to be some suffering. (laughs) And the only thing that you can hope and pray for is that somehow it... uh, what uh, it, it uh, passes over. Somehow you, you hope that there's a Passover and you're wondering what must you do in order for this? Is, is there some type of sacrificial blood that you must put over your doorpost in America for that to pass over you? What is going to be necessary for the coming plague of Joe Biden to pass over you. Well, there's nothing you can do. There's something you can do in the short term, but in the long term, if these policies hold for especially two years, you all will experience, especially in business, the death angel. So what, 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 uh, what then are business to do to stay alive longer? This what you this what they're going to want you to do to stay alive longer. They're going to want you to buy into becoming codependent on the government. There's nothing that they want you to do to better your condition or, or self. They don't. There's nothing they want you to do to pull yourself out of it. They don't want to help you do that. If you want to do it, they, they, want, they don't want to be there to help you do that. They just want you to just let them pat you on the head and give you whatever they, they give you. Not what you need, but give you whatever they give you. And want you to be satisfied that you're still alive. Friends, that's not the pursuit of happiness. That's not, uh, you know, life. And that certainly is not liberty because you are operating within the framework that they want you to operate within and no exceptions. They will kick you out. You see, the the message that they send to uh, people like Mike Lindell, myself. Oh, yeah, I've been shadowed for a while now, especially on Facebook is that we can do this to you. That's the message they want. They want us. The message that they're sending to you Americans and the message that they're wanting you to swallow and, and I'm telling you to, to spit it out is that we can do this to you. The best message they sent to the president through doing that to the president of the United States, they sent that message to all of you that we can do this. And my Eternal, my question to you, what are you going to do about it? You're still in charge, but you're giving it away. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, great day. USA, yeah all the way. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant show. I am CL Bryant and friends, I have to tell you that uh, it is an extraordinary day, even though uh, things may not be looking like they're going your way. Hey, you have an opportunity to make a difference. So let's make it. Joining me now is businessman extraordinaire, oil man, my homeboy, my good friend mike woods welcome back to the cl brian show how are you i'm doing great cl how are you i'm doing fantastically well mike and uh, i i wanted to have you on particularly to talk about the shutting down of a pipeline and perhaps the uh, <laughs> lunacy of that or what do you say maybe you think it makes sense i don't know talk to me well, he just automatically on day one eliminated 11,000 jobs in a part of the country, North and South Dakota and the Midwest, that, that doesn't have high employment. And, and see, all these are these are good jobs. These are welders and roustabouts and, and um, folks that are probably making 100,000 or more a year. So he's automatically eliminated that. Of course, now he's come out. He's got a 60-day halt on oil and gas leases of federal lands and, and state. I mean, and, and uh, deep water permits. Uh, so, so what? Let's look at the implications. In Louisiana, seventy-three billion dollars a year comes out of the Louisiana GDP because of oil and gas. Roughly thirty percent of our state GDP. So huge, huge hit. Nationally, nine point eight million people are employed in the oil and gas business. Roughly five and a half percent of the nation's workforce work in oil and gas. Uh, and then you start looking at states like New Mexico. They're saying 100,000 jobs currently in oil and gas, and, and the majority of, of the drilling in New Mexico is on federal lands. So guess what? Look at your geography. The Permian Basin is hot right now in New Mexico, but now all of a sudden people are just going to go over to Texas three miles away and start drilling there again. So it, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous what he's doing. And, Mike, is it by design to wreck the energy uh, industry that, as we know it, oil and gas, in order to usher in some lunacy of green uh, New Deal? And now, you're an environmental scientist. You, 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 have, you have that degree, and, uh, among others. And, and tell us about the, the design of all of this and the progressives. Well, here's a great example. People holler about methane. Oh, it's a greenhouse gas. We have to get rid of methane. You know where the majority of methane comes from? 
agriculture. Building a pipeline, building the XL pipeline doesn't contribute a, an ounce of methane to the atmosphere. Uh, so now what are we going to do instead of putting that crude oil in a pipeline? We're going to put it in a tanker truck. We're going to put it in a railroad car that has a much greater chance of polluting the environment because of a wreck or a, a train derailment. Pipeline is the, is the cheapest, most efficient, safest way to move hydrocarbons. It, it's, it's, CL, they hate our industry. Kamala Harris said from the very beginning, we are coming after you people in the oil and gas industry. And, and he's doing it now through executive action. Now, here's, here's something that we have to be concerned about on down the line. We have, they call them federal subsidies. I always love it when, when I get to keep part of my money that, that they're doing me a favor. <laughs> but, but one of the advantages of being in the oil and gas business, when I drill a well, I write it off the year I drill it. I mean, our business is extremely capital intensive. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have the money, you're not going to drill. You know, these Hainesville wells, three, four, five million dollars to drill. If you can't somehow write that cost off, either through some sort of depreciation, like people do in real estate, you, you have to have incentives to, to do what we do. If they do away with, with uh, intangible drilling cost write-offs, if they do away with depletion allowance, you know, depletion allowance is just like depreciation of an asset. The first day that I drill that well is the best the production is going to be. It declines, it declines 85% decline curve the first year. So you have to allow some sort of depreciation or a depletion allowance for those of us in the oil and gas industry. What's going to happen? Get ready. You're going to have $5 gasoline again. If people quit drilling, where do we get our crude oil? It's Russia, Saudi Arabia, China. I mean, we're... We are playing right into the same uh, hand that we were dealt years ago when our production was in a rapid decline because we were so uh, adamant against the oil and gas folks. And, you know, and now they're talking about, oh, we're going to have solar power and wind power. All that's great. We need all that. We need nuclear. We need, high, we need hydrocarbon. We need all of that. But when you start picking and choosing, uh, how in the world uh, will a, a wind farm offshore – Help me when I have to get my pickup truck. Your dog is barking. I think that's Michelle. Michelle. No, that's Michelle. Oh, boy. Michelle, would you quiet that mutt? wind energy when the wind doesn't blow what good is solar when, when the sun isn't shining i mean that's that, that's the, the the ludicrousness of all of this is that you know yes we, we need all of these energies and, and of course all of the solar and wind are so heavily subsidized by the feds where do they make these windmills china where do they make the solar panels china i mean so we're we're getting rid of good paying american jobs to send our, our money overseas and, and be more dependent on foreign crude again, and, and here we go. I mean, I've said all along, if I can stay in business, I make more money when the Democrats are in charge because they so screw up the free market, uh, prices go up. And we see that right now. Crude oil is up again today. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the price is going up at the pumps. And, Mike, uh, for guys like you and me, that's not bad news, but it's not no. good news for those driving up to the pump uh, to get gasoline. It's going up, folks. And so, uh, hey, just 
just hanging there. Mike, let me ask you this last question. You've got, you got to run. you got to get into a, a conference. But uh, let me ask you this about the Chinese. In two years, how, what kind of da- damage uh, can a Joe Biden um, uh, being in the Oval well, Office? Tremendous damage. I mean, uh, you know, we already we saw, and of course the press wouldn't report it, we saw that, that uh, Hunter is involved with the Chinese. Uh, Joe was going to get an office space in, in one of Hunter's Chinese businesses. Uh I mean, they can do irreparable damage, and, and we're going to just sit by and, and let it all happen. I mean, the thing that drives me crazy, CL, they told us what they were going to do, and people still voted for them because they weren't mean, but we had a mean president. He wasn't mean to me. He was great for my business. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but this unmean guy is getting ready to put me out of business. Wow. Wow, folks, you heard it from the man's mouth. He He knows his business. And I'm so happy to have you on with me, uh, Mike Woods. God bless you and keep you, man. Hey, listen, we had to break bread real soon. I hadn't talked to you in a long time face-to-face, and we need to do that. And God bless you and keep you. Fight the good fight. I know you will because you, you are. Talk to you soon. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and that was my good friend Mike Woods on with me. And you better take his word for it. You folks who drive out there. <laughs> I'm not really worried about. Well, my car it's it, it it's uh, it's a uh, muscle. It has a lot of muscle. The new the car, my newer car, it has a lot of. Well, my my uh, Tahoe has even more muscle, and so both of them are gassers. You know, they they drink gas because they have muscle, but. Um, I, you know the Lord's. You know the Lord's blessed me. I can pay for the gas, but. I work hard to do that. Some of you might have to get another job. But the question is, where's that job going to be? Because ain't nobody going to hire you to hire to flip no $15 hamburger, $15, going to hire, going to pay you $15 an hour to flip a $2 and 50 cent hamburger. Say goodbye. You single parents. To the dollar value meal. <laughs> it is gone. It's out of there. Like yesterday's toast. Oh, it's not really that bad. Sometimes you heat it up. <laughs> but hey, friends, I will tell you this. Who do you have to thank for this? Why you? It's you. It's always you. Whatever predicament you find yourself in. Lord knows I find myself in some predicaments. How about you? It's always you. Who does that? It's always you. So, Americans, we don't have anyone to blame but us. No one. So, uh, Joe Biden and the fraudulent election that was allowed to stand if your outcry to that Supreme Court had been loud enough as we tried to make it loud 
but you weren't you didn't stand in solidarity and see that's the problem those dems stood in solidarity to steal your presidential election from you you did not stand in solidarity to revolt against that and i'm not talking about storming the capitol no i am not uh oh hey they're gonna they're gonna come after me for a while anyway they've been on that list for a while so so be it listen if you're if you've ever been to a tea party if you were to put your name on any type of tea party grassroots any type of role like that if you've ever given your email to anybody you believe me they know who you are and the level of activity that you are participating and they know who you are and if ever if not in any other time as it was as before Big Brother is watching you. Coming up uh, at the top of the hour is going to be someone I believe is going to be absolutely refreshing. His name, Claston Bernard. And uh, GOP candidate for District uh, Congressional District 2, recently vacated by Cedric Richmond. I think this kid, Clax uh, Claston Bernard, Bernard, and he's not a kid. He's a grown man. He's a, he's very accomplished. He's an Olympian, football player, all that type of thing. I think he has the right stuff for Louisiana. Yeah, I'm right here in Louisiana. Claston Bernard. We're going to hear from him. See what he's all about. You want to hear this after the top of the hour. If you don't have both hours of the show, if you don't get both hours of the show on your in your terrestrials there and replay, uh, or if you don't get it, uh, you know, both hours of the show, download. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. Um, and, of course, all of the shows are archived right there on that application i hope you are enjoying the jobs that you have right now if you uh have um, any way of storing gasoline safely (laughs) it wouldn't be a bad idea you know for the farm um wouldn't be a bad idea i'm cl this is the cl brian show we'll be back after these words Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America still. Uh, the greatest success story uh, the world has known. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. And thank all of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over Red State, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to throughout the Fruited Plains. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not, and there you will see the gigantic Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, C.L. Bryant Show pops up right there in Times Square. Old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. God bless and keep you for coming along with us. And, uh, hey, let's do this. Let's make America great again by doing our part. On with me now is someone who I think is going to be able to contribute to that in a big way. And uh, my good friend, Jeff Landry, next governor of Louisiana, uh, highly recommends uh, this young man, Claston Bernard. He is the GOP candidate for Louisiana district, congressional district number two. And uh, I think that he has the right stuff. Help me welcome to the show for the first time, Claston Bernard. How are you, friend? I am doing well, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. Glad that you are there and glad that you have the type of mindset that you do. Claston, tell us, tell the people. And, of course, here in Louisiana, we have a pretty big listening audience. And, of course, people need to know you nationally as well. Why do you want to run and, and capture this, this uh, office? Well, you know, the reason I'm on the phone with you right now was because of a decision that was made by my father long ago. I'm from the country of Jamaica. We grew up in poverty. But my great my great grandfather told him the best way out of poverty was through education. Now, my dad didn't have much education, but he could build a house. He learned to build a house, and we also farmed. Him and my mom decided to make education the focus. And Part of the reason for me being here was based on that decision. I ended up in one of the best schools in Jamaica. At that school, it was an academic program. It was a merit-based program. It was a school for wealthy boys. It didn't start out that way. But there, in an all-boys boarding school, I honed in my athletic talent and was able to get a number of different scholarship offers, over 20, by the time I became a senior, to come to college here and what I have seen here is that I became a national champion, an Olympian, a Commonwealth gold medalist at LSU. This is Louisiana, a boy from Jamaica who grew up in a two-bedroom house with no electricity, no running water, but parents who believed that education was a vehicle out. And I was able to become a champion in this state. And there are people who are saying, you can't do it. There's just, the system here is against you. And I, I, I take grave offense to that because that is not the reality. This country was able to inspire me to do what I've done. This state was able to inspire me to do what I've done. And there are people here who can do the same thing, but they have to change your perspective. They need to go 180 and see what they have. 
when I came here, I was like, whoa, that's what I see in this place. I have two daughters that I'm raising, and I don't want them believing anyone owes them anything. Wow. This is not what this country is about. Wow. Michelle, I have to give you props, girls. Uh, you told me I'd like this guy. And uh, I got to tell you, class, and I, I absolutely do. And, you know, there's something I got to ask you since you shared your uh, family uh, tree and roots with me. My roots run into uh, uh, back to Nigeria as, as we trace that, that, that down and all that type thing. It's good to know uh, where you, uh, you know, you, you, you're from. But the work ethic is what I want to get at. Uh, is this is why is it you you feel i just want your opinion on this why is it you feel that people who find america from somewhere else not born here but they come and they find that this is a god-blessed place why is it it seems to me you appreciate it so much more than where your native roots may be talk to us about that you know, because I know what dejection looked like. You know, I remember growing up not having electricity and running water, and you just think that was the way of life, only to find out later on politics played a role in what happened. So when I'm here and I'm seeing all the, you know, in, 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 in Ascension Parish that I live in, the school board budget is probably about maybe 10% of the, the Jamaica national budget. That's for education. But yet still, look at where we are. Look at where we are. So I see opportunities. And I, when I see opportunities, and let me tell you, my dad is a hard-working man. So I know nothing else but to work hard to get what I want. So when there are resources, I just need to find out what, best, what, what, what works best for me. So I look for where the opportunities are. I look sometimes out the box. You know, there's just so much here. And sometimes we have too much in the sense that we get confused. And that's why we need people who will direct us and say, hey, this is the way to go. You can do it. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I love that message, and I particularly love it through, throughout the country, wherever I've lived. Uh, I have always helped young people find their way into business. And uh, wherever I have lived, I've, I've always done that. I have the track record of doing that. And what you are saying, man, is something. Uh, and, Michelle, I want you to hook this up. Uh, I really like to couple with you because the message coming from you and the historical perspective that uh, can come from me, I think, can be very good. The, what, the question that I have for you is this. What, then, are our young people missing about the birthright you're passing this on to your daughters that you say you're raising yourself uh, here in this country. Uh, you're giving them a birthright, a birthright that is American. You're giving them that birthright. But those of us who have been here for generations, what is it that we, we our young people don't see being thrown away uh, here in, 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 that, that is theirs by birth? Talk to us. Well, one, being an American. Two, having a strong family with a man running the household, you know, you know, God, that's essential. Those things are being right now. We, it's between marks or the cross right now. That, that's what's being told. You know, you have grievances. The history of Frederick Douglass, who is one of my, you know, greatest um, person to me, I admire the most in terms of history in this country. Those things are not being passed down. You know, and I make the point that people look at it and they probably they overlook it. He was a slave, but he became one of the greatest orators in this country. 
he also found that the key, the tie that binds America to what it is, is the God-given principles that were laid down in the Constitution. We have to go back to showing them what America is. The, the principles that have made this country great of life, liberty, and property. Where it comes from, that you have rights, an area rights that no government should be able to, to contain. They're missing their understanding of rights because they're being told, they're being nurtured into grievances. Wow. And that, that is creating a deadly stew. But I could look at a slave, as Frederick Douglass, who was being hunted down, doing what he did when he called out the hypocrisy of the Christian church. And when he said, when he talked about the 4th of July, he wasn't saying it was a bad, bad holiday. He was just saying, look, how can we continue to be happy when these things are happening, when people are still being used as properties? Yeah. We have a great constitution. We have a great system, but you need to end this institution. Today, we are dealing with a socialist, the Marxist communist movement that is telling our children that they are owed something, that by just being born, someone else owes you something. What we will do, Michelle, this is what I want to do. I want to get him... Uh, we're going to get him an autographed copy of uh, Runaway Slave uh, in the in the mail to him. Michelle, find out where we uh, we send that. And this is what I want to I want to ask you this next question, Claston, is this. Um, tell people uh, how, well, first of all, uh, tell us how to get in touch with you. People who are listening to this program across the nation want to see people like you in uh, Washington, D.C. So your tentacles at this moment. Uh, do reach far, they reach wide. Tell people how they can help you who might have like minds and they have the inclination. Well, I, I have a Twitter account, at Claston B. I'm also on Facebook, um, Claston Bernard. My website will be bernardforcongress.com. And also, you can get a book that I've authored called Outcast, No Room at the Table for Conservative Blacks in Black America at Amazon. And... Um, I will say about that book, this district that I'm, I'm running in, the base behind that book is, the, the very essence behind that book is for people who continue to say, it's impossible to win these people. You know, they, they are controlled by the Democrats. And I'm seeing it. I'm like, no, I talk to these people. I've been around them. And this is a fight I want to have because, like I said, the legacy that I want to leave to my daughters is that no one controls you. God gave you unalienable rights. You do not belong to a political party, neither Republican or Democrat. The image, the imprint that's on you is God's. Oh, man, that's I what it. I want to. That's the premise behind my book. And this is the district that I want to fight in. This is the district I want to win because there's poverty and education are non partisan issue. It is what changed lives. It is education that changed Frederick Douglass's life. When he said the more he learned, he could not he could no longer stay contented being a slave. And the more we learn about the socialist principles and those attacking this country, the more we will, will the less we will be content with accepting the critical race theory, the, the anti racism or the, the white fragility, because America is a different 
different and a special country. Oh, and man. <laughs> man, I just love it. Michelle, you know, you. I, I, I just have to tell you. Uh, that I am absolutely uh, this a conversation like this makes it all worth it uh, the journey and uh, we'll send you an autographed uh, copy of Runaway Slave and you'll understand what I'm talking about uh, class it's award-winning film uh, Crystal Dove Award winner Dr. Thomas Soul everybody is in uh, uh, the film and so I, I want you to, you've, you've pretty much told us what the legacy that you're wanting to leave behind as far as for your children, as the Constitution tells us, it's supposed to be our posterity and so forth. But uh, give us, uh, as a parting view, have about five minutes left in, in the time that we have to spend together, give us a comparison. Again, reiterate where you came from, where your father came from. And what you have found in America, give us a comparison. Help people appreciate the place where we live, the United States of America. You know, um, coming from Jamaica to America and um, looking at the landscape, it was almost like leaving the 1950s and coming into a, a modern period. And it doesn't say that there are not a lot of nice things in Jamaica, people, you know, especially in the tourist area. But the, the people like myself was, you know, traveling. We, we had cows and, and pigs. We didn't have running water. So we had a lot of cows. So we had to go fetch water with buckets. We had to make many trips. You know, on Saturdays, most of my early mornings were done filling up drums so the cows could have water, so my mom could wash our clothes, wash my dad's um, cement-filled clothes. All of those things. And then here I come to America, and I'm like, Oh, they had color television back in the 60s? You know, I, you know, we didn't have television. And even when my neighbors, when I went to watch TV, growing up in the 80s, it was black and white. Wow. You know, there were things like that. When I look, I said, man, we have all these books and resources here. In, in Jamaica, you know, to find some of the, you know, even sometimes the most primitive library that we have here, it would be great for someone to have that. You know, I, I see... A high school facility. They have a football stadium, nice track in, in nice track facility, nice basketball facilities. Kids in Jamaica would love to have these things. Wow! They would love to be able to go go to Walmart and be able to have a pick of the litter. I can buy two or three soccer balls. Look, we have we we have a soccer ball or a basketball. You have to keep patching it. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. Oh, my. The sin, the sin, uh, America, of ingratitude is the thing that I think uh, God truly, truly dislikes. And we should be grateful every day of our lives that we live here in this nation. That's why we fight so hard to try and preserve it. Uh, Claston, tell everyone again the name of your book. Tell them how to get a hold of you if they want to bring you to a place uh, close to them, and uh, let it all hang out there. Um, you can get my book at Amazon.com. It's called Outcast, No Room at the Table for Conservative Blacks in Black America. You can find me at, on Twitter at Claston B, and on Facebook, Claston Bernard, and also you can find me at BernardForCongress.com. And you can reach out to me through those mediums, and um, someone will get with you. Um, I tell you what, CL, I, I must tell you this. I thank you. I, you know, I've watched, you know, a few uh, of, of your, your, your videos, and I know the intensity is there also. I hear it. 
but I I can't thank you enough for giving me this opportunity to just just speak to the American people because, like I said, what what we have in Congressional District Two is what I've been dreaming of. It's what I wanted to see. I want the Republicans to leave a footprint. The time we go across, the people will say, they'll say, man, this has been a Democratic district. I don't care about Democratic district. We, if they're Americans, they're valuable. It's time we leave a footprint there. It's time we march in there and say, we are here to be a voice and to help you live this American dream. Wow. Not become pawn to those seeking political power and destruction of this country, man. Hey, man, we're going to hook up. We're going to hook up real soon. I'm always down. My son lives down in San Gabriel, and uh, I'm in New oh, Orleans. Uh, yeah, I'm in all, uh, New Orleans all, often. In fact, I had planned to go down there this weekend, but I'm backing off of that. And, and uh, now, or else I would, I would hook up with you for sure. But listen, we will get together real soon. I assure you of that. And, Michelle, give him my contact, and uh, I'll get yours. Listen, man, God bless you, and God keep you is my prayer for you. Fight the good fight, Claston. I know that you will. Thank you. Because you are fighting Thank the good you. fight, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And hey, friends, I got to tell you <laughs> uh, that is what makes the slings and arrows this man, this young man. I think he might be might be about 40, might be about 40. Um, this young man makes it uh, worthwhile. Sometimes you wonder, what am I doing here? What am I doing this for? I could do something else. I could do something else without having to deal with being hit and living in a fishbowl all the time. I can do I could do something else. Claston Bernard makes it all worthwhile. I wish Andrew Breitbart could meet this man. I, I can't wait to meet him. And um I'm very excited about uh, what I what I sense and see here. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer, Claston Bernard. I'm CL. We'll be back after these brief words. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are bowing in reverence.
CL back with you, reverently bowing before him who makes it all possible, almighty God. And I thank him for um, whatever gifts that uh, he has blessed us with, and certainly those gifts that he has blessed me with. I uh, thank him for that. And if you haven't discovered yours yet, you will. Uh, You ask and look earnestly for it. And then you present that gift before those who folks uh, think are uh, is large and great on this earth. And um, your gift will make room for you. That's the scripture. That's the word of God. Your gift makes room for you. Don't you ever get that twisted. It's never you. Okay? It's never you. It's always the gift that God has blessed you with. And, and I, I, I know that um, people around uh, the country, my relatives who have known me all of my life, all of my life, uh, many times they, they wonder why I do what I do. You, 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 you have to be exercised and steer up the gift. And all of you have one. It may be uh, because of uh, other people and other things around you. Uh, you have been, uh, you have not seen it. Others see it in you. Others see the possibilities uh, that are there. And I've got to tell you something. Uh, this, this young man that I just spoke to, uh, Claston, Claston uh, Bernard, he um, has that gift. And I recognize it. I mean, of course I recognize it. And friends, I see that army that God is assembling and putting together and rising up. And I, I, of course, there are chains that are wanting to be placed upon uh, Americans. But that army that is rising up is rising up to break every chain. Yeah. I hear them falling. I hear them falling. And I I, want to thank God for bringing me and all of us, really, through this season of absolute uncertainty. And, and I, I've shared it with you on sh- several occasions. And uh, now that, that uh, you know, the, I'm, the, I, I'm right at the tunnel of the cave, about to come out the darkness into the light. And there's no greater joy. My eyes are becoming adjusted to the light again. It doesn't hurt my eyes to actually see light Again, after having come through the darkness of that grief, having come through the darkness of that COVID, having through the the darkness of separation from congregants. Oh, yes, I I, I hear the chains falling. There is no question about it. And I am grateful that I am was able to survive that and it wasn't because of anything I did except for the grace of God but for the grace of God friends look at the lowest derelict you can possibly see 
But for the grace of God, there go you, there go me. But for the grace of God, yes, uh, I guess I'm a homeless guy's sucker. Seems like the homeless can read that. <laughs> hey, flock, hey, see, we come out of a Walmart or somewhere. Yeah, they're like kittens around you, you know. You got kibble or something. Yeah, what I think that's kit, kitten food. I don't know. But I, 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 friends, with all of my my heart, with all of my heart, I believe that if you make yourself a conduit, let God use you as a conduit to send things to people. He will always send things through you. I want to keep that open. And I believe very much in the, in the scripture. Um, when I can, I, I certainly don't believe in, in um, anyone abusing the kindness or anything of that nature. But when you give, and I, 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 I'm telling you what I know. I'm not telling you anything that anybody has told me. I'm telling you what I have experienced in my lifetime. When you sow into other people's lives that might never be able to do anything for you, I'm grateful that God honors it. I've been to uh, the bank in my early 20s. Jane and I living out in um, Los Angeles, out in the hills, well, Los Angeles County, in the foothills there. Heading into Pomona, which was very nice back in those days. And, 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 and we used to do ministry on Skid Row. My children were very, very small at the time. Miranda and Ever were just small kids. And we would take them with us down to Skid Row. And we'd hand out gospel tracks in MacArthur Park. Now it's called, I guess, it was, was known as Needle Park um, back in the, seven, back in the uh, 90s or 80s and 90s. We weren't there then. But it was always derelict. It was always Skid Row. And we, we would do what we could to make sure that people had what they needed through the uh, shelters and various things or finding them places to live, especially my wife was really good at that with women and so forth. And, 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 and friends, that giving experience, when you find yourself uh, thinking that you're drawing out of your bank as a young man $20 so you can feed your family, and you realize the banker, uh, you, you ask for the balance when you draw out the 20. You're thinking it's going to be $3.35. And the lady tells you back in, this is back in the 70s, that you have $275 in there. When you've just drawn out the 20, you know that you didn't put no money in that bank. 
You know your wife didn't because she, Jane didn't work. And, 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 and this is the thing that God is able to do. Right when you think you have gotten your last, he revives you. That's what I felt. Back in the 70s, a young man in his 20s uh, uh, and got two kids and and um, a wife and a more. Not a, I didn't have a mortgage then. Uh, we hadn't bought a home yet. Well, yes, yes, we had. We had bought the home and uh, I bought the first house when I was 21. I bought my first house at 21. And I was in, we had left that home and had gone to California and when I was about 25. And I found myself in this predicament of being broke when I was 25 out in California. And God sustain me. And I will always believe it's because you make yourself a conduit. Try it. Try, try it. Try sowing into somebody's life. Try sowing into your church. Try giving to your church. You give the 10%. Give it to your church. Yeah. I dare you to try it. Try giving. Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Show men. God causes people who you would never suspect. To help you. Help you. Even makes enemies footstools, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. That's the word of God. Now, let's get back to the lunacy that's going on. As we head toward, uh, you know, the home stretch of the show. Centers for Disease Control, CDC, Centers for Disease Control, CDC, study shows low COVID spread in schools. However, a lot of teachers or a lot of teachers are saying they don't care what the study says. They ain't going back into that school till this thing is over. Now, if there Mrs. Hay- Mrs. Uh, uh, Harris, one of my older uh, elementary school teachers, I wouldn't blame her for not wanting to be around a bunch of kids who might be carrying disease. I, you, know, you know, the woman was old, and uh, quite frankly, um, it was amazing that she could even talk. But, but she did. And one of the most precious souls I've ever met. She just didn't look like she had the strength to drive, but she did. <laughs> and I, I really don't know how old she was, but she was, she was old. But she taught elementary school. And I'm pretty sure she taught someone in my mother's class too (laughs) and my mom was 39 when I was born and so uh, 
She was old. Yeah, she'd been around. She taught generations. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. She couldn't teach today. There's no way that, that she'd even want to go and be anywhere near anybody who had any COVID. It would take her out. You know, it would just take her out. Your, your body has to be strong enough to throw off the initial attack. And once that happens, yeah, maybe you're asymptomatic uh, or whatever they call it. I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you've been in touch with it. You've had it. It didn't kill you. And so you go on. You, you, I don't really don't think you're going to be able to get it again. I think your body actually builds the defenses to it once you've, you've had it. And I think it does affect uh, parts of you, maybe for good. I don't know. Uh, because um, I have a friend. Uh, she was telling me that, you know, taste and all this kind of thing. Not that, you know, I don't know if she even has that. You know, I don't know. But um, just, you know, taste and all of that is affected. And that's why I think I had had it because food just doesn't taste the, the, the same anymore to me i mean it just doesn't taste the same anymore uh, smells are good i still smell things good but maybe it's maybe my sense of smell is not that quite that sharp and maybe that's you know the after effect or the by effect of having been exposed to it or something of that nature but it would have been long long ago back in february well actually early march of last year because I became very, very ill right after Jane's passing. And uh, I was in Denver and I, uh, this may sound funny, I don't know, but uh, she had only been, been gone for a week uh, when I got real sick. And I mean, I was sick. Uh, it was just one of those feverish things. Uh, my throat was burning. Uh, I had stuff to, to take for it and I just did what I could to to nourish it the nurse it and quite frankly I thought you may have been this too uh you know and not really thinking that it was anything like COVID or anything but I really thought that you know she's coming back she's gonna take me with her you know <laughs> she's coming back to get me uh but but uh it really felt like I was gonna die I felt bad, really, really bad. But uh, five days, six days later, uh, especially on that fourth day, I began to break out of it. But three and a half days for sure, it was absolute misery. And quite frankly, food has, I, did, I didn't know that this was one of the the things that, that happened after you, you had it or anything. I, I, I didn't know this. And uh, my friend, uh, she was telling me in, in Florida that, um, you know, this is happening to her. And I, I don't know, you know what the situation is. But just the same, if I was an old teacher and, uh, you know, I would not go back to the schoolhouse just yet until maybe I was immune, um, had the, the vaccination. And quite frankly, folks, um, you know, my good buddy, Sean, and I'll be on with him again Friday. I'll be on with Sean again Friday on his radio show Friday. So um, set your clocks or whatever to that so that you can. I'm going to remind you. I'm going to keep reminding you. I'll be on Sean Hannity. I'll be on Sean Hannity on Friday. And uh, all of you, tune in. Tune it in. But um, young people, students, 
There shouldn't be anything with them going back and younger teachers. There should be nothing wrong with them going back who are not challenged. Their help is not challenged. There should be nothing wrong with them going back to school and let life begin. If you're not um, sick or if you're not challenged, you, you need to go on back and live your life. And quite frankly, if they put into um, mandate that you cannot fly unless you have had that shot, I got to get the shot. Because there's no way that I can live my life without flying. Do you see how this works? Yes, and that's something I would never do. That's something I would never do. But uh, if, it's, if it's necessary for, you see, pursuing my life, liberty, and happiness... If it's if it if it boils down to having to do it, this is how this is how your freedoms get taken. It's because there are certain things that are necessary to you that you must do that causes you to conform. Now, what is the remedy against that? Well, in this present age, uh, it's hard to fight. So what's the remedy? You have to vote them out. You must vote them out. There's never any reason for them to be in anyway. There's certainly never or there's certainly not any reason for Joe Biden to be in the Oval Office. He didn't, you know, call me any call me a call me a Neanderthal if you want to go ahead. Go ahead. Joe Biden doesn't there's no there's there's no reason there's no rationale there's no sanity in him being in the Oval Office the man is signing away our birthright we had been delivered from the lunacy and every time we think we're out They're there to pull us back in. That's what's happening. You can rest assured. That is what's happening. I'll be back. Home stretch. C.L. Bryant Show. I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up. You thought I was to die for. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Best I can always lend a helping hand, and for the flag I stand. 
home stretch of the CL Bryant show. So glad that you could come along with us as we build a bridge to conversation daily right here on the CL Bryant show. I've had some fabulous guests on uh, here today. Kicked it off with a colleague, friend um, of of mine, Sarah Anderson. She is the um, policy director at FreedomWorks, largest grassroots organization in the nation. Uh, Go there. Go to FreedomWorks.org, FreedomWorks.org, and become a part of the, that large um, uh, organization, you, and and it only becomes larger because your your gift, what you bring, you, what you bring, is so expansive once it is coupled with others who have like minds. So what you bring is very important uh, when you bring it to the table. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I opened the show, and, I, and those of you who don't get both hours, just get the second hour of the show. Uh, I want to reiterate what I just said to you, uh, what I did say to you first hour of the show, and bringing aboard, of course, our friends up in Utah at Loving Liberty, bringing them on uh, in that second hour as well. Um, I had mentioned to you that if you have a job, relish it now. Because it it could soon go away. And and the reason I was saying that, and and unemployment could actually, even though COVID will go away, COVID's going to go away. It's going to go away. Just like the president said, we had turned the corner on it. And, um, you know, it's, it's going away. But what is returning is unemployment. In fact, uh, uh, 11,000 just lost their job over something that Joe Biden did just the other day. He you know, signed a document that took away their jobs. They just took it away. Just took, it, took their jobs away. Talk about the Grinch that stole Christmas. He just stole their jobs. He took them. He might as well have just uh, dynamited the, 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 the company that they worked for because it would be no less existent. Elizabeth Warren is wanting to destroy just about all of them. And a move that uh, many believe could, in fact, lead to the loss of nearly 24 million jobs. What did she do? What is she proposing? She is proposing that we do away with private equity firms. Now, for those of you not familiar with private equity firms, let me let me tell you uh, that so many of the businesses that you're that you work for, your children in particularly work for, they are funded many times by people who invest in companies that uh, well you know, need a little infusion of cash. And so you, you, you put money into this little business, maybe a mom and pop business. It may be a McDonald's franchise that's independently owned. But yet you are able to invest in that so that, you know, he can hire, you know, m- more people, have a b- bigger, better, who knows, French fry machine. I don't know. But there are people who invest in that. And, and, and like I was saying the first hour, you never know as an employee 
who is actually paying your salary. And those who invest in in businesses that may be floundering, I've seen tire shops, you know, I've seen little tire shops sometimes, small apartments sometimes. And you know that if they just had a little infusion of cash, they could make it. Why? Because they've been there a while. You've seen, you've watched them. You've watched them. You've watched business go in and out of there. And you just know, you just know that if they had a little bit of cash, they could do better. And they do do better once they get the infusion of cash. And they're able to hire Willie, who wasn't, he was down under the tree before he got hired. Now he's working. He doesn't drink as much. Girl comes through the shop and, and, and Willie meets her. They now, she tells him to go to church, you know, and yada, yada, yada. Now Willie's in church. And just because he got this job that was, cash infused by a private equity firm or someone who invest in business, a private equity firm in, you know, they will invest in independently owned companies. And then the people who invest in those firms, they get dividends and so forth. And, you know, from the investment that the equity firm invest. Now you take that money away as Nancy Pelosi, uh, not Nancy Pelosi, but, but uh, Elizabeth Warren, same people, uh, want to do as far as taxing them, heavily taxing them, then you send them out of business. Uh, and now government pretty much is in control of all that. There is no private money that's going to be sent there because they're afraid that the money would be too uh, scrutinized. And that's, what, that's what's happening. With Big Brother now, it's not that he's just watching your movements or Big Brother could care less about you sitting out in your backyard. Okay, now your neighbor may have a drone or something and he may be doing that, but Big Brother could care less. When the helicopters fly over your house, uh, I I, I may not necessarily be, be looking for you. He care less about that. What he does care about, though, is where, who, and how you use, spend, and get your money. And it's always been a policy in America for Americans to say that is not your business. But, 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 but not anymore. Because what we have done, even if even when we look at trying to cripple private equity funds for investing in private business, who many times uh, Willie and uh, don't know that he's getting paid and, 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 and by private equity infusion of cash. And if that money goes away, his job goes away because now that company can't afford Willie any longer, especially if they got to pay him $15 an hour to flip a hamburger that you're only selling for $2.50. So if, you gotta, if you're going to keep Willie, guess what? For that hamburger to come anywhere near breaking even, just the hamburger, not the meal, you know, because they're always going to ask you, do you want the meal? Me, I just usually want the sandwich. I don't hardly ever eat the fries. Don't even ever do anything but throw them away. I maybe eat one or two. I always never do anything but throw them away. 
but I eat the hamburger. I eat the the meal. And, uh, oh, I'll eat a hot, hot apple pie, too, if uh, if they have them. <laughs> but I don't eat the fries. But though that, that, but that hamburger, in order to keep Willie, has to now cost at least, just by itself, $8.50. It has to almost quadruple what it normally cost. Because now Willie uh, comes in making seven twenty five an hour. The hamburger cost uh, $2.50. Now you pay Willie $15 an hour. Uh, well, you also have to quadruple the cost of the hamburger that Willie's flipping in order to pay him in parity the same type of money that he was making flipping the $2.50 hamburger at $7.25 an hour. And so who pays for this $8.50 hamburger? If you want to eat it, you do. Well, it still pans out about the same. I know somebody is saying, well, I'll just make my own hamburger. Well, you still have to buy the meat at the supermarket, right? Well, have you priced hamburger meat lately? Yeah. um, If, in fact, that hamburger of Willie's goes up to $8.50 just for that two all beef patty special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions on a sesame seed bun just for that then I don't know what you're going to be paying at the grocery store so you know your hamburger helper maybe just helper <laughs> from this point on if Joe Biden keeps signing things the way he's signing he is signing away the nation and soon even though China's starving over there but soon they will learn how or they will be better at starving than we will be because we don't know how to do that. Not that there's not hungry people in America. There shouldn't be, but there are. But I don't know if you've ever been really poor hungry or really poor broke. Oh, everybody runs to a point where they don't have really ready cash everybody can relate to that you know, you, well, you know you're not really broke but you don't have any money hmm everybody runs into that but no when you've been poor broke when you've been poor hungry There's a whole different perspective that you take on. And I thank God I've never been there. No, I've always had the wherewithal, the strength, and the gumption. Hey, Jane and my kids were never, ever, as long as I had breath in my body, going to be hungry. And so, what are we doing here? 
We're headed back to Obama land. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. No, there's no question about it. We're headed back to Obama land. And you young people, red, yellow, black, and white, whoever you are, uh, maybe I do envy your youth, but I do not envy the times that you're living your youth in. It's going to get rough for you. If Joe Biden continues on the tear that he's on, uh, we're all going to be afraid of our children again because even though they're marauding through the streets now in New York City in packs like wolves, it's going to get even worse because even more of them will be out of work. And they look at the Internet and they want that stuff that they see. But there won't be any work. So how will they get it? better think about it and you better wake up well i'm cl and i want to thank god for bringing us to the close of yet another day and i want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds how long will it last well until though i'm able to speak to you again May God bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.